It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 230 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, November 20th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well, Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. And of course, you know by now, Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. In addition to that, you can check out the FanRag Sports Network of Locked On Blogs, that are blogs for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams as well. Uh, lots of amazing content being written and spoken by all the Locked On hosts and writers. Uh, you can also check out Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke. And those again are all on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. Uh, please just find a show that you like, find hosts that you like, rate, review, all that good stuff. And it's always nice to get that support. Uh, you can do that with our show as well. Locked On Raptors is on iTunes. Please leave a rating, leave a review. It uh, really helps to move us up the rankings, helps people discover the show. It's the best way to help and support the show. So please do that. Uh, and I'd be forever indebted to you, and I'm forever indebted to the people who've already done it. There's like 41 ratings, I think, right now on iTunes. Let's go for 50 or 100 or something like that. Uh, if you haven't taken the time, it takes no time at all. It's free. Uh, so please do that on iTunes. All right. Uh, on today's show, it's going to be DeMar DeRozan Appreciation Day, I think. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week after averaging 26.8 points, 7.3 boards, 6 assists, and a 4-0 week for the Raptors. Uh, Demar has just been incredible, man, and I, I just—he probably deserves a bit more recognition than he gets. Uh, there's still the question about him, and you know, oh, did he shoot threes? He's not—he's not a good three shoot three-point shooter. So is he a proper NBA player? Yeah, he's really good, uh, and he's proving once again that. He adds something every single year. It's kind of insane. It's like a weird development path for, like, most guys you think come into the league. Uh, they take a, a year where they kind of suck in their rookie season, and then the second and third years they make their real leaps. And by year four or five, they're pretty established as to what they are. DeMar is now into season number nine, and he's just he's made a stride in some different way each and every year. It's, it's incredible. It's uh, it's kind of unprecedented, I think, in terms of, like, modern NBA players. Like, you don't see guys, you know, sometimes you'll see them make, like, a mid-career leap, like a guy like, I don't know, say, for example, Kyle Lowry, who just went from being, like, pretty good to being amazing, or like, kind of overnight, whereas DeMar DeRozan, just, like, incrementally every single season, through nine seasons now, has just gotten better and added something to his game and improved in some way each season. Uh, and it's it's really hard. I mean, Kemba Walker maybe is the, the other sort of comparable in the league right now kind of came in was not really any great shakes and kind of seemed like he was just going to be like a high volume low efficiency kind of point guard uh, but he's obviously become amazing and he's putting up ridiculous numbers for Charlotte this season but DeMar has done it over so long now that it like it's kind of crazy to think about 
what he is now as a player and where he's come from, and that's all come without like a really sort of noticeable leap in his play. I mean, maybe you could argue that from like 2014-15, the season where he was hurt, maybe the season after that, 2015-16, when the Raptors won 56 games, maybe you could argue that's like his real leap. Um, but then again, you could say the argue, the leap from like 2012-13 to 2013-14, the season where they got really good, was also a big leap. You know, uh, looking at his basketball reference page here, in 2012-13, he had a value over replacement player of 0.0. Uh, he was the replacement player in the NBA in 2012-13, his fourth season. In 2013-14, he was a 2.0 value over replacement player so like that's a pretty significant leap and then he went down again for 2014-15 that season was all kinds of bad for a bunch of reasons obviously he missed time so he didn't really accrue much of like the season long stats but uh, then again from 2014-15 at 0.2 value over replacement player he went up to 2.4 uh, went from total win shares went from 4.0 to 9.9 and I guess you could argue that was his real leap but still it's not really like a noticeable leap he's kind of been pretty good and effective for the last five years or so but it just seems like every single season he's adding something and it like it becomes a cliche in the offseason where it's like oh yeah uh you kind of pencil in demar to be a little bit better and that you know you're kind of betting on something that is kind of hard to predict for a guy in his eighth or ninth year but it just keeps happening and this season uh especially of late he's really sort of proven to be a much better playmaker than i think he's ever been given credit for um his assist percentage on the season is up uh, to a career high at 22.9 percent uh the raptors offense is you know second in the nba right now in terms of offensive efficiency that's incredible uh to go from what the raptors were which was a, you know a very iso heavy team a team that you know relied very much on demar Derozan and kyle lowry creating everything and not really trusting the rest of the team uh to go from that and then to completely overhaul the offense into something that's you know much more assist heavy uh the raptors currently are ninth in assists per game they bumped themselves up to fifth in the nba and three pointers attempted the three point percentage isn't great right now but it's 34.7 that's still a true shooting percentage you really want to have an effective field goal percentage you really want to have um overall when it comes to your you're just your pure shot chart um, and they're doing really good with that and they've completely changed the how they are as an offense they're shooting more threes they're they're moving the ball more yet DeMar DeRozan is still putting up incredible numbers and he really deserves a ton of credit um, you know the talk coming into the season was maybe DeMar averages a few less points per game but bumps up his assists per game um, and so far that's coming to fruition uh, you know he started off the season a little bit rough uh, kind of looking for his offense on his own without setting guys up or it was vice versa he was you know looking for his teammates and not really looking for his own now I think he's found that balance that Dwayne Casey's been talking about or was talking about early in the season. He's up to 4.6 assists per game. Um, his per 36 assist numbers are significantly higher, 4.8 uh, over 4.0 last season as his career high. Um, and it's only going to get better because it seems like he's just getting more and more comfortable setting guys up. Uh, over the last six games, or sorry, yeah, the last six games since the Raptors really started to find their groove here, uh, they've won obviously, oh sorry, last seven games, they've won uh, six of seven. Over those seven games, DeMar DeRozan's averaging like 26 points. Uh, I lost the page here. Uh, like he's like he's a 26 and 5.7 assists, which is something that I think you know if you could see Demar averaging five and a half or six assists per game, you would have thought that was an incredible success for him this season after being a good playmaker, but not a great one by any means, and kind of a rudimentary one in, the, in terms of the guys he was setting up uh, and the shots that he was finding with his passing. But um, you know now he's gotten a lot more advanced. Like the driving kick stuff. I think 
my favorite passes from DeMar on the season have been where he sort of drives baseline uh, and then kicks out to a shooter on the wing, on the far wing, and it's it's like a, a beautiful pass most of the time. Uh, it's really well-timed. He seems to know exactly where his teammates are going to be. It's usually C.J. Miles on the receiving end of one of those passes or Kyle Lowry, um, and he just seems to really, you know, he's, he's building chemistry with guys in a, in a way that I don't think we've really seen it from DeMar in the past. He's setting up Jonas Valanciunas for lobs all the time now, or little pocket passes to Jonas Valanciunas. Um, he seems to have a good chemistry with all these guys, and it's really encouraging. Him and Serge Ibaka have a nice little connection where Serge is just his pick-and-pop buddy, and he'll find Serge for those pick-and-pop threes on the wing just all day long. And Serge has been pretty good hitting those this season as well. He's about 40% shooting on catch-and-shoot threes. Um, it's uh, It's been impressive, and DeMar deserves a ton of credit. You know, there have been times in the past where, you know, DeMar's numbers it might be more gaudy than what Kyle Lowry's are, and people will be like, oh, DeMar's the best player on the team. Uh, and, and this is like the first year where I actually think maybe you could argue that DeMar has been the better player than Kyle Lowry this season, especially since Kyle's been struggling. But even when they've been at their peaks, like DeMar's peak, like yesterday against the Wizards, uh, he was just unbelievable. He completely picked apart the Wizards. He only had one free throw attempt in the game, still had 33 points on 15 of 26 shooting. Just incredible efficiency. He had that like weird sort of eight-foot floater thing he has down, uh, a shot that very few guys in the NBA have mastered, but he had it. He had eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, a block. Like He was bloody amazing. I, it's just... It, DeMar's been so good. He, it's a well-deserved uh, Player of the Week honor, and this sounds like just gushing and homerism, but like... Sometimes you just got to appreciate a dude for just getting better, and he's gotten so much better, and the fact that he's so quickly adapted to what this offense is, it's really just, it's startling, it's impressive, it's, uh, there's a lot of other adjectives you can use to describe it, but DeMar DeRozan has been incredible this season, and he deserves a ton of credit. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And look, we can get into the sort of inherent debate about DeMar DeRozan and the stat that always comes up with him is the on-off numbers and how the team is usually better with him off the, off, off the floor than, than they are when he's on. Um, but again, this kind of always, and I've talked about this a lot, first of all, basing anything on a guy's you know personal on and off, uh, offensive rating and defensive rating when he's on or off the court is kind of, it's wrought with a whole lot of sort of fallacy and flaws in, in logic in that there's a lot of noise in all of these numbers, especially for a team like the Raptors, who are playing with so many different and diverse lineups and have so many young guys that are sort of working in. Uh, they've had weird struggles from Lowry, and Valanciunas has been pretty bad. Uh, you know, Serge Ibaka hasn't been great. Um, but, like, you look at the numbers, and, like, Fred Van Vliet is leading the team in terms of regulars with a plus 16.5 net rating. OG Ananobi is 15.3. Like, I don't think you're looking at those guys and saying, yeah, those guys are the two best players on the team. Like, that's just not how it works. And then you look at DeMar, and when he's on the court, the Raptors are very respectable, 4.1 uh, in terms of uh, net rating. They're 111.5 offensive rating when he's on the court, the second best, uh, sorry, third best among regulars behind OG and Jonas Valanciunas, and a 107.5 defensive rating. That's not great, but you know you bake in the, the issues that Serge and Jonas have had together defending the front court, and it kind of makes some sense. And Norm Powell being out there as well, not being the most effective player so far this season in the starting lineup, just not really having that much chemistry. 
And then you look at DeMar, and when he's on the court, the Raptors are very respectable. They're very good. They're 111.5 offensive rating, 107.5 defensive rating for a plus 4.1 net rating. That would be like top six in the league, top seven in the league in terms of overall uh, net rating. Like that's not bad whatsoever. The offense is incredible when he's out there, and that kind of bears out when you watch him play. He's got the third best offensive rating on court on the team uh, behind OG Ananobi and surprisingly enough, Jonas Valanciunas. And to be a plus 4.1 is nothing to sneeze at whatsoever. And then you get to when he's off the court, and the Raptors are a plus 14.9 when he's off the court. The defense gets significantly better, a 92.5 defensive rating. Uh, the offensive rating plummets a little bit to 107.4, but yeah, a 14.9 net rating is really freaking good. That is Warriors-level stuff that's better than the Warriors. Uh, actually, the Warriors are at a plus 13.1 right now. Um, but that doesn't mean DeMar DeRozan's not good. Kyle Lowry has the second best, or sorry, the second highest off-court net rating for the team, whether the Raptors are a plus 12.4 when he's off the floor. Um, like, this is, I think, more of an indic- sort of indictment of the starting five than it is of whatever Kyle and DeMar are doing, especially DeMar. Um, I mean, Kyle, he's on the floor for a lot of these really good lineups as well. It's been strange this season because we haven't quite seen as much of Lowry in the bench units, um, and I think that's probably hurt Lowry's numbers a little bit because he's really good in those lineups, and those lineups usually kick people's asses, and that is sort of a nice little boon to his numbers. Uh, I think had that we seen the last couple seasons, maybe if Dwayne Casey hadn't employed the staggering strategy is used and maybe Kyle didn't play so much with those bench units we would see very much uh kind of a similar situation where Kyle's on court numbers with those sort of subpar starting fives the Raptors have had would really be hurt because he's not you know propping things up by playing with amazing bench units and then yeah the bench guys have incredible net ratings right now uh you know OG Fred Van Vliet CJ Miles is a plus 9.3 Yaka Pirtle is a plus 9.1 Lucas Noguera, Pascal Siakam, they're plus 8.6, both of them, and DeLon Wright's a plus 5.2, and it makes some sense because these bench units have been really successful, and they've been playing against, you would assume, lesser competition because they're second units, they're not playing against starters right from the hop, they're not playing against full starter lineups, um, and they just had some really good chemistry, their defense has been across the board really good, uh, the worst defensive rating among all those guys is 100, 102.0, uh, that's DeLon and Siakam both share that, like, they've just been excellent defensively and that's kind of propped up some maybe subpar offensive numbers for those lineups but you know it's kind of hard to you know criticize anyone on the Raptors let alone DeMar like yes the Raptors are really good when DeMar's off the floor but again they're plus 4.1 when he's on and aside from Jonas Valanciunas everyone's a pretty significant plus when they're on the court Um, and these numbers really sort of cloud everything and I think it kind of paints DeRozan in a negative light yes there are issues yes the three-point shooting is not quite there he's shooting though uh, you know, if you're looking for positive signs, he's shooting 2.9 uh, threes a game. That's well above his career high of 2.7 uh, back in 2013-14, uh, but he's doing it in way fewer minutes, four, four fewer minutes per game. And his three-point rate uh, is actually twice as high as it was last season, still significantly higher than that 2013-14 season. And he's shooting 30%. Like, it's not great by any means, but it's an added weapon that he has now, and it's something that I'm not sure teams are going to respect just yet, but if he starts hitting those corner threes, with some more sort of consistency, then maybe we're looking at something where DeMar, you know, is more respected as a shooter. And I think if you kind of dive into the more sort of advanced numbers form, you're going to see just across the board, he's just been much better this season. And probably once the numbers shake out, it won't be quite as sort of stark, the difference between when he's on the court and when he's off. Once the starting five starts to figure themselves out a little bit more, maybe there's a change to come. Maybe Norm Powell will no longer be in there once he returns. His true shooting's up to a career high, 58%. Uh, His free throw rate's actually up to a career high. 
uh, .448. It's just he's getting to the basket. He's getting whatever he wants, really. He's been kick-ass as a pick-and-roll ball handler. He's uh, So far through 16 games, he's run the sixth most pick-and-rolls as a ball handler, uh, at least in terms of uh, number of possessions per game. And he's in the 79th percentile in terms of a scorer in those in those situations, which is like really impressive for a guy who doesn't have much of a three-point shot. Like The other guys in on this list are D'Angelo Russell, James Harden, Kemba Walker, Dame Lillard, and then you get Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, sort of more in line with what DeRozan is as sort of a pure driver. But those guys above him, like those guys are guys who can just rip you apart with pull-up threes. DeMar doesn't even have that weapon, and he's still, you know, been really impressive. And he's scoring better than uh, he's scoring better than D'Angelo Russell. He's scoring better than Harden in those situations. He's very comparable to Lillard, a little bit behind Kemba Walker, but he's just been. He's been killer, man. He's been right on the level with like Mike Conley and CJ McCollum and going down the list, like a lot of the best pick and roll ball handling ball handler scorers in the league. You know, DeMar DeRozan's been right alongside those guys. That's without a three-point shot, which is really great. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He's also currently 75th percentile in terms of post-up efficiency, which is kind of wild. I mean, that's not really much of a surprise. He's right up there with a lot of the best big men, though, in the league in terms of his post-scoring, like Al Horford. uh, He's up there with Giannis as well as in terms of his post-scoring. Kristaps Porzingis, Joel Embiid. He's scoring with just as much efficiency as those guys. Um, Not entirely surprising considering sort of the footwork that he possesses, but man, he's just uh, all over the court in all kinds of different situations and all the different ways the Raptors are asking him to change his game and to adjust and sort of become more of a team-first type of player. He's done it while also being able to maintain his own ability to score with, with really good efficiency. Um, so the three-point shot is a thing, and we talked about this last week with Matt Moore um, in that, you know, I've kind of always penciled DeMar in to be this guy who has this upside, uh, and his upside is, uh, you know, maybe one of the two best players on a team that is what the Raptors are right now, a perennial pseudo-contender, not really going to threaten for anything, but, like, maybe we're just underestimating DeMar DeRozan. I made a joke earlier today that, like, one year DeMar is going to come back, and he's going to have a fully formed, you know, dream shake into skyhook move, and it'll just be like, yeah, okay, that's what he had dad over the summer and cool that's what he's got now um he's just he's gotten so much better across the board uh you know his advanced numbers i think are still slow to catch up and i think you know they're they're going to get there eventually you know the defense is kind of the limiting factor there and that's always going to be the reason why i think a guy like kyle lowry probably has more of an impact on a game and also that just the true shooting that kyle puts up um like he's always going to have sort of more more impactful and sort of standout advanced numbers but DeRozan I think has well moved past the idea of like a guy who's like a neutral player who is just you know happens to be on a good team that's kind of propping him up and they're actually better when he's off the floor I think they're very good when he's on the floor maybe they're a little bit better when he's off um, but I think that mostly is just to do with the line of construction and the way the Raptors have gone with their rotations and Kyle Lowry being really good and propping up a lot of the guys he's playing with 
Um, just I know it's been a big Demar love fest, but man, he's just he earns it. He's he's earned it. He's he was incredible against the Wizards. Uh, you know, rest the rest of the team kind of took a night off offensively. It was a rough shooting night. Ten of thirty nine from three for the team. Uh, Kyle Lowry had a rough game. One of six from deep. Like Kyle Lowry still did Kyle Lowry things, but um, outside of like C J Miles with the quick fire offense, it was really just Demar kind of creating things and setting things up and also getting his own um, and just kind of ripping apart the the Wizards defense and, and dismantling them without racking up free throws like he normally does the Raptors on the, on the whole and they got 14 free throws last night and still you know scored a clean 100 points they they, they kind of dominated that game against the Wizards uh, it wasn't the most you know offensively pleasing game in the world but the Raptors did, did enough in their defense I mean we can get into their defense later this week uh, it's gotten much better DeRozan I think has been less of a black hole defensively this season I don't think I'm going to say that he's been great by any means he's had some nice games and stretches and plays but overall he's still been DeMar DeRozan defensively but when he's doing this much on offense and he's you know, being the facilitator that I think a lot of people didn't really think he was ever going to be, you can live with some bad defense. And uh, no, just this is just uh, my ode to DeMar DeRozan being really freaking good, being really fun, still having incredible hops. Got that dunk last night that was sort of the dagger against the Wizards, which was awesome. Probably the dunk of the year so far for the Raptors. That's one thing that's been lacking for the Raptors this season. Uh, might have two contenders last night from that Pascal Siakam uh, putback dunk in the third quarter and then DeMar DeRozan's dagger dunk. Those might be the two best dunks the Raptors have had all year. Um, but yeah, DeMar just, he did everything last night. He's done everything for the last seven or so games. As the Raptors have gotten onto this run, it's very much lined up with him and Lowry figuring things out and really hitting their peaks. And DeMar is on one right now and... Like, I don't think anything, anything's stopping DeMar from being an all-star this season. Uh, Kyle probably has to do some catching up after a slow start, but he's going to get there too because Kyle's too good to not get a coach's vote or something like that. Um, just, uh, it's all good times right now. There's no need to be critical or, or negative today because the Raptors have won four in a row. Their schedule's looking really easy coming up. Um, and it's, uh, it's good times right now for the Raptors and for DeMar DeRozan, who is a very deserving winner of this week's Eastern Conference Player of the Week. That's going to do it, I think, for me. I just kind of wanted to go over the ways in which I've kind of observed DeRozan improving this season. Uh, if this came off as just, uh, you know, Celtics-level homerism, then I, whatever, it's fine. I, DeMar DeRozan's always going to have a sort of... It's kind of hard to overlook the the fandom aspect with him just in terms of what he's meant to the team and all that stuff so uh i'm always gonna have a homer bent when it comes to Demar, and uh that's just you're gonna have to deal with it and i'm sure everyone loves it and i'm sure you're happy with it um just peruse his numbers he's been so much better this season just in terms of the advanced stuff as well just the stuff where he's normally struggled the true shooting and things like that it's all been very nice and good um, and I think the threes are probably helping that, even if it's not uh, a staple of his game just yet. There have been some games where he's gone off. He had, what, four or five in one game or something like that. Uh, the game against the Jazz where he kind of hit a few late. It was uh, It's very nice to see DeMar playing this well. He's playing probably his be the best basketball we've ever seen from him over the last little while here. And like after what happened last season when he put up all those crazy 30-point games to start the year and was so good all season long... To, to think that he got could, could even get better is insane, but he's done it, and the Raptors are going to be better for it, and I'm curious to see and excited to see what playmaking DeMar DeRozan does over the course of the remainder of the season, and uh, it could, I think it's only going to be good things for the Raptors because, man, he's playing out of his mind right now. 
All right, that's going to do it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Listen to me. Uh, what? Uh, not listen to me. You listen to me enough. Uh, read stuff at LockedOnRaptors.com. Uh, if you haven't heard, I'm going to change the mailbag format. I'm not going to do it as a podcast anymore. I'm just going to do it as a post because I need more written content on the site, and this seems like a good way to turn something that I would do weekly for the podcast and just make it into a weekly post for you to read. Um, I can have more fun with it that way. I can kind of be more thoughtful with my answers and uh, kind of screw around a bit. If you have any questions that you want to send into the mailbag, I'm going to change the name too. Mailbag is so dumb because it's not mail. It's just Twitter notifications. I'll figure out a way to make it not a mailbag because everyone's got a mailbag now. And I know it's the easiest form of content in the world, but people like that stuff. And I like writing them. It's fun. You can have some, you can kind of riff with it and have some fun. So if you have questions, just tweet me at Woodley Sean. Uh, send in your questions. I prefer silly, dumb questions instead of earnest basketball questions, to be honest, because that's more fun. I, I hope you've noticed with the site, I'm trying to take a little bit more of a fun lean to it. Um, the thing that I've kind of realized is that when you look across the people covering the Raptors, just, there's so many people who are really, really good at it and who do, who do it just better than I can ever dream of. You got William Liu with his 10 things and his amazing breakdowns. You got Blake Murphy just like scooping everybody now. Um, and also putting out amazing content, just breaking things down. And, like, we can all try to be, you know, William Lewis or, or Blake Murphys or Zach Lowe's, but, like, I don't know. I I'm, I'm think I'm just going to accept my limitations and say, like, I'm probably pretty decent at that stuff, but uh, I'm going to try to take things in a different direction as well, and I'm going to try to have some more fun with the Lockdown Raptors site. So if you've noticed that and you've enjoyed it, Thank you for the, the for the feedback and all that good stuff, but um, I'm going to keep that going. So the mailbag, I think, will be a good option for me to sort of funnel some uh, lighter-hearted stuff, some jokey material into it. So if you have silly questions, this is what I'm asking. If you have silly, dumb, barely basketball-related, non-sequitur questions, just fire them away and I'll answer them in the mailbag because I don't really care. And I'll loop them back to basketball somehow. All right, that's going to do it. My voice is going i've been sick for like a week and i can barely talk so i'm gonna let you go thank you so much you can follow me on twitter at woodley sean uh lockdownraptors.com raptorshq.com all that good stuff i'll be back again on tuesday two-part episode coming tuesday and wednesday uh dan grant and i dan grant from raptors hq um we are going to rank the top five and bottom five small forwards in raptors history feels like a good time with og ananobi kind of coming up here and looking really good as a small forward which like rarely ever happens for the raptors uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to rank their Raptors careers, uh, the top five and bottom five small forwards in team history. But that's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday shows. Um, and then we'll recap the Knicks game on Wednesday. It's kind of a light week for schedules. So uh, we'll have some fun with this week and uh, it'll be a good time. So thanks so much for tuning in. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday with the rankings of the Raptors top five small forwards ever on Lockdown Raptors. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.